0: Want to just lead? Sonia McDonald will take you on a journey on inspiration and courage. Sonia and her guests will inspire you to be truly kind, courageous, and just lead.
1: Hello everyone, it's Sonia McDonald here, and thank you for joining us with our Just Lead podcast. Tonight, I'm interviewing an amazing leader and finalist in our outstanding leadership astounding, astounding, outstanding leadership awards. Rory Boyle. Now, he is a finalist in our CEO of the Public... Sorry, CEO of the Private Sector Award. And and I can tell you right now, it was a very competitive uh, category when it came to the awards. And Rory's nomination was an absolute standout. So, I'm feeling incredibly honored to be with him tonight on our podcast and Rory has got an incredible background because i don't know when he sleeps we we're kind of having a bit of a laugh about this before but he's managing director of snacks with bite he's managing directors managing director of hampers with bite and he's also managing director of wholesale wholesale promotions warehouse. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing uh, person. So I'm really excited and I'm sure you will be too to listen to his insights around his journey and also leadership. So thank you so much for being on our pod- podcast tonight, Rory. How are you and how's everything going? Pleasure. It sounds like you had a busy day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure, uh, Sonia. It has been a busy day uh, in the middle of a, uh, a seven-figure tender that I'm trying to get over the line. So it's taken up a bit of the date, but um, look, I'm really good. It's lovely to chat to you. Um, I was really excited about the nomination. Um, it was very flattering. Um, it's only of late that um, that some other people around their organisation had sort of said, listen, can we nominate you for a couple of awards? So I've never really been in this space, but it, it is it is very nice. And um, I know I've been in a bit, I've been business now since 2004, so... I feel like, you know, I've learned a bit in, and and I'm, I'm kind of I'm quite enjoying the opportunity to share um, some of the mistakes I've made and some of the things that have worked. Um, so, so, yeah, it's lovely to chat to you tonight.
1: Well, I would love to know a little bit more about your story. I, I saw a few things on social media, some great YouTube videos around why I should work with hampers with bite, which I loved, uh and yeah I was kind of watching some of those videos and going I might apply for a job <laughs> so I'd love to know about your journey like how did you get to where you got to today
0: Yeah okay so uh I was stating that uh so at school I was I was pretty much completely hopeless uh I wasn't interested <laughs> in uh, i
1: think they're normally the best i i honestly think the naughty ones are normally the best ones in their careers
0: (laughs) (laughs) they just couldn't tolerate being told what to do and honestly i just i just didn't enjoy it i didn't subscribe to sitting down with a careers counselor to give me um direction on a career when they didn't even know me so i never went to university uh i worked um primarily in uh, a bottle shop for a couple of years and I was mucking around and I went over to the UK and I started working as a telemarketer. So I was selling um, mobile phones um, to people over the phone. They'd make 200 calls a day and some mobile phone packages for a company there called O2. And simultaneously, my brother, who was a truck driver, um, was married to a florist and she was getting inquiries regarding hampers. Uh and christmas hamper specifically at the time um and he had a bit of a light bulb moment in the sense that you know that there could be some opportunity here in in us starting up a hamper company because he started doing the numbers on what you know what it costs to make the hampers, what you could sell them for and thought okay maybe we can make this work so he contacted me over the phone i was in spain i'd just done running with the bulls um and sent me an email Says, so give me a call. He said, listen, I want you to come home and we're going to start a hamper company together. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm having a good time. And he says, look, you've got to come. What are you going to do? You're 24 now. You need to start looking at a career. So I, says, right. yeah. so I waited a little bit and, and saw her the rest of the trip and I come home. Um, and then we moved to the back of his house. We set up an office in the back of him and uh, Nick and his wife's house. Um, And it's where we made all the hampers in the first year in his house. Um, And we printed 5,000 catalogs. And uh, I remember I thought, I've got to make these catalogs work. So what I did is I got the white pages. And and a lot of people probably don't remember the white pages, but the white pages obviously was just your business listing. So if um, I wanted to find um, Sonia McDonald Propriety Limited, I'd go to SO and find you. So there were some people that used to pay for bold listings so their name would be in bold and they'd put their website there. And I always used to think, if somebody was looking for you, why would you spend the money on that? That seems like an excessive amount of money to spend on something that's not really necessary because they already know you. It's not like the yellow pages. So I got the white pages and I called all the businesses that had bold listings because my presumption was they had money to burn. Um, and that was a really good way to qualify the leads. So I would contact all of those businesses. I got a white pages from every state in the country, which wasn't easy actually. And um, and I sat on a phone and I called say fifteen thousand businesses over a two month period, and got five thousand catalogues out and um, and found businesses that were interested in gifting for staff or clients. And in our first year. You know, I think we did uh, about eighty or $90,000 back in 2004. It felt like a lot of money um, when I was a, just, you know, just a kid. And so, yeah, that was a real win. We had to make all the hampers. We had to drive them down to Australia at the post office and, and it, was, it was crazy times but, um, but it was fun and that was how it all started, I guess. It was the first year.
1: Oh, my gosh, and look what you've achieved. You must be so, well, you must be so proud.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's evolved. So, but it hasn't been like, um, one thing, it hasn't been like this just genuine upward trend. There's been a lot of ups and downs over the years. So I would say, um, if I had to be completely honest with you, between the age of 24 to 31, I was running a company and I was turning over money and we were paying ourselves decent wages. But I was never really truly invested in business. Um, although we, we got to the point where we we're doing, you know, five six million dollars a year, and we were we're a, were a business that was was going um, relatively decent, and we'd started up promotions warehouse, which was trading okay. And um, but I still just didn't necessarily have that passion or drive to commit my life to to business. But I used to run it to service my life, and there's a big difference, I think. Um, and then I think when I got to sort of 31, 32, um, we, we had uh, we had somebody involved in the business that made some uh, bad decisions that we weren't aware of um, that affected us in a financial way and it was a rude awakening as to what I had and what I had a potential to lose. So at that point uh, I sat down and with my brother, and said we're going to change this. We're going to we're going to get real if we're going to turn this into something that's really meaningful, profitable, and scalable. Um, so, so I can remember. Um, this is uh, I have a, my brother-in-law is really really strong in business, and uh, we, I brought my financials to my brother-in-law. And this has been like four four or five years into the business, and. You know, turning over probably—I think it would have been like four or five million dollars. Around that sort of mark, and and we put our financials on the on the on the table, and, and he just gave us a lecture and just said, "If you guys are just turning over money, this this business is just servicing your lifestyle essentially, and you you know, you're on life support unless you do something dramatic." Wow. Um, and yeah, it was pretty. It was con- really confronting. Really, really confronting. And I can remember to this day just sitting down in the car outside here. He had a customs company and sitting in the car with my brother and sort of saying to him, what are you going to do, mate? Um, uh, like, are we going to turn this around? We we, we sort of, what have, what we've done is we let other people control the finances of the business and we've just taken our eyes off that part of it. and And, and we really didn't. Buy into how important it was to really control your own destiny mm. when it comes to the finances. Um,
1: that's so true. That's happened to me before as well, and it was a mm-hmm. real awakening for me. Uh, trusting someone with that—it's a really, really good lesson to for anyone that's listening to this to really think about that. Don't you? I think I'm really glad you mentioned that.
0: You've got to know your numbers. I mean, that you live and die by your numbers, and at that point. I realize that. Um, so uh, I can remember like looking through Seek at night thinking, well, oh, look, I'm a big real estate agent. Maybe this is enough. Maybe this is going to work. And then I said to Nick, "Now we're doing this. So I got serious. I actually joined a group called EO. Um, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on your uh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks it's amazing.
0: real organization, which I mean, um, it can sound a little bit like a cult, but it's not a cult. It's just, um, it's just, uh, a community of business owners and they put you in a forum and, and I surrounded myself with some really, really intelligent people and then, uh, you know, the competitive juices really started to come out. I got married and, and then had my first child and I think I really matured and then I got into business and then I loved it and then I read and learned and studied. Um, I bought and sold another company. Um, called Taste Buds, which was, which was really interesting business. It was a B2C company. Um, there was a lot of learnings in that for me because it was a very, um, it was a low average order value company with a high acquisition cost and high labor costs. So it was a business that was essentially, Revolves around repeat customers because you would break even on your first purchase, but you'd be making profit on your second, third, and fourth purchase from that customer. So the first years of the business, you'd, you'd work on it being essentially a break even or a loss, and then um, it should flourish from there. Um, but it was a, it was a it was a tight rep. So I learned a lot about that all along. Hampers of buy continued to improve. Um, I became very strong in digital marketing, which is definitely my strength, and B2B acquisition. And uh, we then brought an amazing creative team. And, you know, I learned I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, ROIS, um, return on advertising spend. So um, well, I think one of the, our strongest reasons for growth is every marketing dollar that I invest in I can quantify a return on and it's not easy to do that some are ambiguous but I make sure we do it so I make sure that even even if we're spending money on marketing it, it might give us a profitable return but it might not give us the most profitable return. So if I'm allocating a certain amount of money into uh, promoting the brand then we make sure that we I make sure that I'm able to um, attribute exactly what that investment returns to the company. So that's also been a big part of our growth, I think, is is making really good media buying decisions and, and advertising decisions.
1: I'd love to, um, maybe on another another time, I'd really love you to coach me on some of that because that actually sounds really interesting. It's something I've been thinking about a lot recently actually in terms of... Since we've had, you know, especially in the last kind of, how long is it now, three or four weeks where kind of the world's turned around, I've been actually reflecting a lot more around those sort of things. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that when we have more time um, yeah. around how you go about that because I think people kind of invest a lot in advertising and marketing and social media but then they don't really think about, oh, hang on, where, again, numbers, where is yeah, the ROI?
0: Very strong theories on essentially your levers of a business are average order value versus um, cost per acquisition versus return and av- advertising spends and lifetime value of your business. If you can tick off all of those four variables to be, um, to be where you want them to be, you'll have a successful business. That's it. Um, it's in a nutshell.
1: Okay. Well, I'll definitely be reaching out to you about all that. Wow. You've got lots of different talents here. I was sort of like, wow. like you
0: cooking. I'm a bit kooky. I'm a bit obsessed. Exce- I'm obsessed now. So this <laughs> is all I do. Yeah.
1: So tell so, me a little, so, oh, sorry I mean to interrupt. What were you going to say?
0: No, do you want to talk a little bit about leadership? I know. Um, I know. A,
1: yeah, obviously that's a real passion of mine, even like everything that you've been sent, um, saying as well as a real passion of mine. And I love what you do actually because I'm a real, because of the, the kindness, uh, we're really focused on kindness. I'm always giving gifts to people. So I know you're definitely on my radar now to be sending hampers to my clients and to my team uh, because I think that, we need to be giving more to show appreciation. So, and I think in terms of leadership, you know, obviously that's what we do and and the awards are all about, we wanted to create a movement. We wanted to create, I wanted to create something that showed the world that leadership isn't about, it isn't about profit, it isn't about results. You know, obviously we want everyone to be successful and we do want people to make money, but it's about values and it's about behaviours and it's about actions and, and we wanted to create something to show that that leadership also can be about kindness where you're giving and showing gratitude and also about courage and you know, being inclusive, all those great words I think that really make great leaders today, especially now, if you think about what's going on around the globe, I think we need kindness and courage more today than we ever have. So, you know, I think seeing your nomination and the Outstanding Leadership Awards and seeing that you really espouse that, I'd really love to know a uh, couple of things, obviously your views on leadership, and also what it means to be, what it means to you to be part of these awards.
0: Uh, well, firstly, in regards to my views to leadership, um, I, I, I've subscribed to a business model where I've brought a lot of young people, well, young is a relative term, but you know, people in their early 20s into our organisation and, and develop them in-house. I've never been one to get out there and poach. And I've always, I've always, admired, loyalty is really important to me. I've always thought if I poach somebody, they're, they're, they're more than likely to be poached for someone else if they reach a point. So I've always liked to bring in young people who have the, who have the, the values that I hold dear, which is lateral thinking, the ability to think outside the square, commitment and loyalty, work ethic, um, and, then try and develop them in the, in the right role and really work with them. Um, look, I've, got, I mean, I've got a prime example, and um, I know she's nominated for another one of your awards, but um, Natasha, an employee of mine, started off as customer service uh, manager um, or a customer, our only customer service person for uh, our other company, Test Buds. And um, I spent lots of time with her, and she's a bright girl, a really talented girl, and... Uh, she was only 23, 24 when we started and I've invested in her, uh, her development through education. Um, I've spent a great deal of time with her in sort of teaching her everything, all the, the mistakes that I've made and the things that I've, um, I've been successful in. And, and she's just like set a standard within our organisation whereas people have seen her as a precedent. So my new company, Snacks with bite which we've just launched, which is a healthy snack subscription business, which is actually going really well at the moment because a lot of businesses are sending them to employees at home. Um, she's, a, she's a co-founder of that company with me now um, at the age of 27, and that is the level of impact that she's made within my organisation. Now, that set that's a precedent to the whole organisation that if you come in and, you know, you, you buy into what our belief system is and follow the directions and what we, we, we hold dear, That you've got the ability to be able to grow in the organisation and, and, and it's contagious. So uh, I can honestly say I've never, ever lost an employee who I didn't rather have to let go or I didn't want to go. Um, That's never happened to me in um, for whatever, 15 years of running the business. Why is that? Um, I think I listen to people um, and always try and give them an opportunity to buy in um, and offer an opinion. It doesn't mean that you're always going to follow it, but just be be really inclusive. Um, uh, I think creating like a, a fun working environment, an environment which shows that, you know, you really care about them. Like, I don't know, just little stuff. Like I always remember, you know, the guys... Not, not just their partners' names, but it was. I know about the family. I know the stories. I talk to them every day. I try and have a personal conversation with most people in my organisation. Doesn't relate to business, and I don't do that just out of out of just wanting to get the most out of the employees. I honestly do it because I care. Because because you know, I never come from an environment where um, I felt I was a telemarketer. I was an average Joe. So I don't think I'm special now, and I'm not. I'm just a guy who started a business that. Sort of taken off, and now I have some a whole lot of young people working with me who um, are really aspirational, and I just try and I just try and push the values that I have to them. I would just turned forty, and these guys made this amazing video for me that went for like six minutes. Some of it was funny, some of it was a bit of a piss take, but then it was some really nice things that the whole team had to say about the impact that I had on them, and it was really flattering. As for as for what the award meant to me, I'll, to be honest, this is the first time I've, I've been nominated for a leadership award. Um, it's the first time I've applied for one, but um, it's the first time I've been nominated. I don't know. It feels, um, I mean, it feels great. It feels, I mean, we all like to be reinforced, I guess, and, and it gives you a little bit of confidence. And I know I made our team really excited. Um, I was super disappointed. We were all very excited to head up to Brisbane. But because of this damn um, virus, we'll put that off till the event uh, occurs. And um, but but yeah, I was really really flattered by the nomination.
1: Yeah, so you should be. And it was great to see Natasha in the the nominations as well. So I think by the time these this event this gala event happens in September. I think by then we're going to be ready to party. So I think, uh, (laughs) but I I mean, in saying that as well, we saw it as as an opportunity at the time. we We were pretty gutted, but we saw it as an opportunity to go, well, we get to spend six more months, extra months with the finalists. Uh, That was one of the reasons why I wanted to get the podcast happening sooner rather than later because I thought I'm going to be really so busy with the awards that I won't have a chance. I mean, part of the strategy was the podcast. and I was going to do the podcast after the awards. Uh, Then I thought, oh, well, I might as well do it now. Let's start interviewing all these incredible leaders because I know there's going to be people around the globe that will want to listen to inspiring stories of kindness and, and courage. And that's why I thought, well, let's just start talking to these incredible finalists and, and so they can share their thoughts and insights on leadership and so we can start to show the world that there are some really great people out there that you might not know about and so many people kind of, that's why they go, oh, I don't want to put myself up for a leadership award. It's like, well, you know what, you're actually showing, You're actually leading by example. You're showing our, our generations of today or tomorrow that there's people out there, there's companies out there that are, that are great leaders and they do demonstrate and espouse great leadership. Um, I think we tend to find, Rory, I don't know about you in this in the in the in the medium, also about what's not going great with leadership or what's not going great with companies or government or we don't really hear the great new or good news stories. So that's why we wanted this platform and, and I wanted this podcast to, you know, be some some you know a platform where we can actually share this these type of really great stories, like yourself. So, because then you can inspire others as well. Um, because what I'm hearing, I mean, the thing I love about you, and I knew even from even before we got on the podcast, is that you just had this kind of soul of the earth, down to earth, authentic style about you, and that's what I love about your leadership. So I really hear that in your messaging as well.
0: Yeah, like, like honestly, as we speak, um, it's I, I, I seven thirty at night, and, and I've just had a can of VB and. Uh, <laughs> And I had a tough day, and I'm relaxing. And I sit down in the office with all the guys, and work. we work. We, you know, we get serious. But then, yeah, we would play ping pong. We'd stay drinks after work. We'd stick fat. I don't mind a joke about me. Muck around. And people, people respond well to uh, related to. Um, I'm not an authoritarian. I don't believe that um the best response of people is to yell and scream um i think that you need to make and people you get the best set of people when they genuinely care about you and you show that you care about them and they believe in what the vision is and um and be a leader and be really clear in a vision and it's been really challenging i mean this time when this happens and i had to address the room say so what are we going to do because no, no one really understood how this might impact our companies, this environment, the coronavirus, and, and what would happen to all three companies. So at that point, I felt like it was really important. Okay, now it's time for me to take control. Now it's time for me to stand in front of a room and say, look, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is our pivot. We'll sell, we're going to sell, start selling gifts to um, businesses, sending hampers to their staff at home. Um, and it's something they've never really done before because everyone wasn't working at home before. But it had been a really create an extreme pivot for us at a point where we've now put together a work from home catalogue, which we released today. And it's got like 70 hampers in there with bathrobes and candles and fitness kits. Oh, can
1: you and... send me that?
0: No, <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's really cool. It's amazing. You just, it's the blast today. And we're getting so many businesses who are um, who are then contacting us, wanting to send their staff something, something really nice at home because the novelty's starting to wear off a little bit too for people working at home, and I think owners are aware of that. So, um, you know, we had to... I mean, everyone's sick of hearing work here a bit right now, but um, we had to switch things up. Uh, And, you know, so far we've been able to do it successfully, which has been great. I hope we continue to do it. Um, And we're looking at different ways to contact businesses. So, I mean, I, I, I found the best 100 places to work today and made a personal loom video to each director and sent them an email about our work from home um, kits. And took the time out to personally um, film a video and say this and this is what we've got. This might work for you guys if you are um, if you guys really care about your employees, which you clearly do. If you would have been nominated for this many awards um, in the work from um, best places to work category. Then um, then would you consider a catalogue and look at it? So that's something I never really would have thought of before, but in these times you've got to kind of think a little bit outside the square, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely do. So I'd love to get that out to my network as well just to help you and I'm sure a lot of my yeah, clients fun. would love it. So uh, all right, so just, uh, I've just got one final question for you because obviously I don't, I want, to, don't want to keep too much of your time, uh, but it's, it's just been such an honour uh, talking to you today. Is there favorite book or a book you're reading at the moment or a book that's really kind of shaped who you are or stands out for you
0: yeah there is um it's called courage for profit and it's written by a gentleman australian uh fellow called steve mcleod steve mcleod is starting to rise to a little bit of prominence now he was on sunrise this morning and um oh i saw
1: his video i actually saw it
0: so I, I work closely with Steve, um, and he does some work with me. And he's, he's he's the best. He's a gun, and his book is cuts down the crap and just tells you what you really need to do to be successful in business. And he's sold to the earth. He comes from um, a fire and safety background. He's a fireman. and he's a genius, and he's a uh, what he's been able to do in business is remarkable. And, and now people are just starting to hear about him, but I'm telling you now, this is the guy who knows and, uh, and carries for Profits, the book, and, yeah. It, it's so
1: what's his name game. again?
0: Steve McLeod.
1: Okay, yeah, I saw something on, in my LinkedIn feed and I thought, wow, that looks really interesting. So yeah. I will definitely get his book.
0: He's, yeah, he, he is, he, that, that book just strips down what it takes to be a successful business owner and the best part about it or the worst part about it for some people is there's no hacks. It's not about hacks. It's generally literally about relentless discipline and hard work. And um and he really challenges you um he's come from that sort of background of, of working as a fireman, but now then um turning into a really ultra successful business person. Um, but yeah, he just he knows what it takes to dig deep, and and I've had some really meaningful conversations with him since this coronavirus uh, issue was started, and about how we dig deep and 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 get the best of our organisation. So that'll be the book I recommend: "Courage for Profit." Stephen okay,
1: says. I will definitely check it out because it's obviously right up my alley when it comes to courage.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> it's <all> about courage. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what my next book's going to be about is Courage. So I will definitely get a copy of that book. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close off to the listeners?
0: Uh, I mean, look, you know, presumably there's a lot of business owners um, or people in business listening to to this, um, the way I'm seeing this is I think the, I think business is going to change forever after this. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad thing, but it's almost like considering how business was post-internet or pre-internet, sorry, um, and just really think laterally, look outside the box. Australia a little bit behind the rest of the world and how we've reacted to this situation. So if you've got a company that's really struggling at the moment because of the coronavirus, maybe start looking out to the US and the UK and seeing what... People in that same industry have done to 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 be able to evolve to the present circumstances because you know this. Look, I put a job advert out for for some pick packers um, on Seek well, three days ago, four days ago, and I got seven hundred and seventy five applicants in three days, and it was depressing to see. Um, uh. So I I just want to see people succeed um, and. I think I think, you know, looking what's happening offshore and seeing what guys are doing who are two, three, four weeks ahead of you is a great way to maybe get get some those creative juices going and get some ideas.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it is uh I mean I other than the fact I think everyone was quite it was quite overwhelming and and everyone was quite shocked around the speed of everything changing. I think, uh, it's, I think this is the time to really think about your business and also what you can do differently. And, you know, for me, it, it was kind of, I'm actually now thinking of it as an opportunity for growth and for change and for transformation. And, like you've done, you know, like you go, okay, what can we do? What can we do to kind of be agile in this space, even though that's another bit of a buzzword. But, uh, but also don't be afraid to ask for help, Rory. I've been finding that I've been really like, okay, this is what this is some ideas and I've been kind of putting it out on LinkedIn and on social media and, hey, I've got this idea. They want to like collaborate with me and all these people are like, yeah, let's collaborate and I don't even know them. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like we can... So I'm finding that I'm connecting a lot more with other people around um, and people and I'm reaching out to people and people are reaching out to me going, how can we help each other more? Like, So how can we actually start helping each other more? So, yeah, I think there are opportunities.
0: There's a definitely a bit of a wartime mentality out there for business at the moment. I think people are, are more inclined to just sort of help and ship in and there's more sharings on LinkedIn and, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I wish the best for people. It's not about money. Money isn't something like, you know, I want to be profitable and be able to pay up my mortgage and, and, and live okay. But, um, you know, I don't want to let it go any staff and I don't want to the who've got mortgages and, and who are young and, and having to have to try and start from the bottom again. So my major driver at the moment is to ensure that everybody who works for me has a job long-term and I can keep moving up the ranks and I can keep giving them new opportunities. That's, that's my obligation as a leader.
1: And I think that's an amazing focus. Well done. No worries. Well, if there's anything we can do to help you, because obviously kindness is uh, one of our values, we're always here to help you. So if there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know. And, uh, yes, we're very excited to be seeing you in, in September. And between now and then, I just really am excited to, yeah, get to know you, get to know your businesses, get to know Natasha more and just also support and help you as a team and as a business as well so if there's anything that we can do at McDonald Inc or Leadership HQ please let us know
0: will do Sonia thank you very much for oh,
1: my pleasure you take care and have a enjoy your beer and I'm about to have a wine so I'll speak to you very soon <laughs> you too take care Bye. Goodbye. bye